hey, uh, so here's my goal tonight. My goal tonight is uh, to be with you guys for uh, some time. I'm going to talk about the Passover, which starts right now at sundown, the Passover and the pandemic, which we're currently in. I'm going to draw some some correlations between the two and some things that I feel like God's just been speaking to, to Shander and I about. And Shander was going to try and join me tonight. We've just got a lot going on at home. There's some things that she actually is at home, I think, probably trying to attempt to get videoed because we have some stuff that we're videoing that she needs to get um, some stuff done with. So I'm here on my own, um, but I know that all of you guys are joining with me. And um, and I'm going to actually, I'm going to get going here. Um, so tonight, uh, Passover, let's talk about the Passover really quickly. Um, I had an interesting text earlier. Um, Coley, I think, is on this feed. And uh, he had sent me a text uh, while I was preparing tonight. And just, I was just praying and looking through some things. And he, he asked the question, like, hey, why, why don't you think Christians really celebrate the Passover? And, and my response to him essentially was, is I, I honestly don't think a lot of Christians, followers of Christ, um, who didn't grow up, I want to qualify that, who didn't grow up around uh, any Jewish culture, uh, probably don't have very much information or knowledge about the backstory of Passover and why the Passover is important. I think what we celebrate a lot now is we celebrate Easter and Easter Sunday. And uh, really walking into this Sunday, we have Good Friday on Friday night. We have Easter uh, this Sunday. Uh, really, it's Resurrection Sunday, and we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, he, you know, this is the Holy Week, and this is the week that was basically the last week of his life. We celebrated Palm Sunday this last Sunday. It was when he rode into Jerusalem. And as the scripture goes, he rode in on the back of a donkey. And people laid their cloaks down on the road and uh, put palm fronds down and waved palm fronds and showed this celebration and this praise uh, of what was prophetically happening was, was that the king of our salvation and that, that the last Passover lamb, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, uh, was riding into town. Um, Jesus, it's important to know, Jesus was actually coming into town, into Jerusalem, because he, like a good Jew would, he was coming to celebrate Passover. And so this was something that was cultural. And so when the question was asked to me, how come we don't think that a lot of Christians, quote unquote, per se, uh, were, were able or how come they don't celebrate the Passover? I, I honestly just think it's a lack of understanding. I don't think it's a blatant thing that people who are followers of Christ that don't come from Jewish genealogy or lineage from a DNA perspective, cultural perspective, I don't think it's like a willful, you know, ign ignoring of the Passover. I just, I think it's a lack of probably some, some information. We're going to talk about that in a second. So what is the Passover? What is the Passover? Now, here, here's the rules for, for Wednesday Night Live. Wednesday uh, Night Live is basically uh, your time that I'm going to share some information with you and as I'm talking, it's really just a stripped-down uh, dialogue. My hope is is that it's, it's a dialogue. And so as I'm speaking, if you have questions or anything, we have ministry leaders that are in each one of our platforms that are there for specific reasons. They're there to answer questions for you. They're there to pray with you if you need prayer. They're there to, to take some stuff offline if, if need be. And they can just spend some time with you 
um, having some conversation or maybe dealing with some things from a ministry standpoint. We're, we're here for you. Even though we're far physically, we're close relationally, and we want to do everything uh, that we can to be able to meet your needs. What that also means is tonight is that my hope is that if you have a question, you can put that question in. And we have moderators that are, are sending those questions over and helping me filter through those uh, because sometimes we get a bunch that come in and um, I can't get to all of them. But we try to get to the ones that we feel like would, would be um, the most pertinent to what we're talking about. Or sometimes they're kind of off topic, but just really great questions. So there's no question that is, uh, that is off limits. And my hope is, is that you guys uh, would feel, feel the freedom to be able to ask questions here tonight. Let's talk about the Passover really quickly. The Passover um, is a festival and it commemorates probably one of the most significant transitions in history. And um, that significant transition was the moment that the Israelites were released from being enslaved in Egypt by Pharaoh. And they were released into the desert to make the trek to the land that was promised to them. And you'll hear these terms. So if, you, if you're new to the Bible or you're new to Christianity, here's some terms that you might hear sometimes. You might hear um, the wilderness, or you might hear the promised land. Uh, you might hear about um, plagues that happened in Egypt. And tonight we're going to talk about some of those things surrounding the Passover. So the Passover, by and large, is the celebration of the time when, the, again, when the Israelites were released from captivity, were released from enslavement from Pharaoh in Egypt, and they began the trek underneath the leadership of Moses and his right-hand man, Aaron, and they began the trek through the desert into the promised land, the land that God had promised them. And uh, one of the marks that began and where this, this term Passover came from was... Uh, the first Passover that occurred, and it was in Exodus chapter 12. You can read, if you want to read the entirety, if you really want to get a good grasp for some historical things that happened and who Jesus is today for us and why Resurrection Sunday that's coming up in a handful of days, why it's important, why Jesus was in Scripture was called the last Passover lamb. Um, this, this in Exodus 12 is going to give you a lot of context. If you haven't read it before, I would highly recommend take some time, maybe even tonight because it's the beginning of Passover, to read Exodus 12. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I want to get to Exodus 12, 21. Uh, God had given Moses some, some direction, and at this point he'd given uh, him direction on what he wanted to do uh, to ensure that the Israelites, that the Jewish people that were enslaved in Egypt would not die when the angel of death was sent to take out the firstborn son, the firstborn of every home. So what God wanted to do was ensure that his chosen people, the people that he wanted to be sure were going to get out of being enslaved and into freedom, uh, that they wouldn't be uh, undertaken or overtaken by the angel of death. And so what he instructed them to do was to go and to put blood on their door frames. And this is where we're going to pick up, where Moses gets uh, a download from God. God speaks to Moses, and Moses now is going to go speak to the people. In Exodus 12, verse 21, it says, Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. 
take a bunch of hyssop, um, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and on the sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Now, I want to stop for a second and I just want to explain that in this, what we see is, is we see a literal uh, instruction from God to Moses to the Jewish people who are enslaved in Egypt. But it's also this prophetic, uh, it's a prophetic word. And so this word prophetic means God's also giving us this dual, you can read this with a dual understanding that at some point what God is going to do, that God is going, it says, when the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and the sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. That, that God is gonna send the, the Passover lamb that the Jewish people had to go and they had to slaughter, that uh, God would send the final Passover lamb. And that's what we're going to talk about on Good Friday. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, Seven o'clock, we'll be live. And, and obviously the resurrection of Jesus, the final Passover lamb uh, on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. So right away, it says, go at once, select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Jesus was the final Passover lamb that is going to go to the cross. Friday night, that's what we're going to talk about. Jesus is going to go to the cross as the final Passover. He's going to be slaughtered. And I'm not going to get into that story. Gruesome, horrific story. Um, but his blood put on our spiritual door frames keeps us, when we give our lives to Jesus, when we, when we come underneath the authority of Jesus by giving our lives to him, by trusting in him the way that, that the Israelites trusted God through Moses and did what he asked and obeyed this command. When we trust God with our lives, that Jesus' blood is what, what is put over our doorway, is put over our hearts, and, uh, and we are passed over. And so it's this brilliance that we get to read in the Old Testament that also points us to Jesus, that it's so awesome when you read the Old Testament, it's pointing to Jesus, that Scripture is always pointing to Jesus. It's always pointing to our Savior and to the Son of God. And so he gives them this instruction. And, and in verse 24, it says, Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. So obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and, and your descendants. What that means is, is that Moses is saying to them, I want you to do this this one time, but I also want you to do this continually at the same time every single year when this date occurs. Because I want you to be able to commemorate what it is that I'm about to do and who I am and the miracles that I'm performing. And so... Uh, verse 25 says, when you enter the land that the Lord will give you the promised land as he promised, observe this ceremony. What ceremony? The Passover. So even though they've been released from being enslaved, God is saying to them, as you move through transition, as you transition from being enslaved to moving into the land that I promised you, I want you to continue to obey this, this miracle that I performed on your behalf. I want you to continue to obey this and I want you to do it every single year, and I want, you to, I want you to remember to teach your children this. And so he goes on, he says, and when your children ask you, what does the ceremony mean to you? 
Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshiped. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. So the Israelites obey Moses and Aaron. They put the blood on the, the doorposts of their doors and the Passover uh, takes place. It says the angel of death passes over their doors Everyone in the house that's in that home lives and they move on and they're released. Just after this, they're released from being enslaved and they move into this transition during, during this Passover. Passover starts, they move into transition. So transition to me is synonymous with Passover. And uh, so they move in and they're moving toward the promised land. The Israelites began their exodus from enslavement in Egypt to the promised land. Now, here's where I think this pertains to us. Um, I hope now, number one, that was not an in-depth study. I just want as a, as a clarifier here and, and a qualifier. Uh, that was not an exhaustive study on the Passover. And so some of you that are listening are probably like, man, there's a whole bunch of awesome information about the Passover. And I know, I know there is. But um, given the time we have right now, I think it's important that I I that all of us understand what the Passover is in a general purpose, but also I want us to understand what the Passover represents, not only in our history, but what it represents today. Because too often I think what we can do is celebrate something from a historical standpoint, something God did, and we need to, we need to explore the Passover in our today. And today I can tell you that we need God's miraculous hand moving on our behalf to Passover, that we are in the middle of a pandemic, just like, you know, maybe the Israelites were in the middle of enslavement. And I, I'm going to read you, th this is actually, my wife didn't want me to, to say this as a quote, but I'm just going to read, uh, my wife and I were having a discussion, and this, is, this was her response, and so I, I'm quoting her. She said, our current servitude isn't to a pharaoh, but to an invisible entity, the virus, forcing us to live a sort of slavery by the way of lockdown, fear, the prospects of change, and of potentially dying that enslave us. Now, that is powerful, but I, I firmly, I personally firmly believe that um, we aren't currently serving a Pharaoh, but in a lot of ways, we could be serving a pandemic if we choose. Um, we are not serving a Pharaoh. We're not enslaved to a Pharaoh. Um, and God isn't dealing with a Pharaoh in our lives. But in a lot of ways, because of fear and anxiety and things that we've discussed, and maybe just by the fact, like Chandra said, that we're just in this moment of quarantine and lockdown, that we've been, we've been, uh, seems like sometimes we feel like we've been divided and separated and isolated. And we're in our homes and we're not seeing each other. And, um, and that's really, really, really tough, and that's hard. And so in a way, we feel kind of enslaved to this lockdown. We feel enslaved to what's going on. And God is still a God who wants to show up in the middle of this and be our Passover. And um, Shandra went on to say this. She said, think of the Israelites exiting Egypt, a big transition, into 40 years of wandering in the desert. The, the miracles during this time of Passover are something to consider in this pandemic. And this is what she went on to say. They teach us patience, trust in a living God, resilience, 
and faith that this thing, that this pandemic, that this virus, that this figurative Pharaoh, this, this enslavement will pass and it will too pass over. And um, some things that I wanted to talk about is um, I personally believe this is just me and, and, and I think this is, you know, Wednesday Night Live is, is a little bit more stripped down. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this a little bit differently um, than maybe I would on a Sunday morning. I believe this pandemic has moved us into a significant transitional moment in history. I, I firmly believe that this pandemic has moved us into a significant transitional moment in history. Um, I don't believe it's a consequence. I mean, it's a, a coincidence. Um, I, I really, and I, I want to repeat that, I do not believe it's a coincidence that we are in the midst of a pandemic and these feelings that Chandra was talking about, that we've been talking about, that we see on the news and we've been dealing with. I do not think that it's a coincidence that we're in the middle of this pandemic while in the middle of this pandemic, we also are walking into Passover and we're walking into the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I think there's some really, um, really key things. Uh, the key word that I, I'm going to pull out of this from the Passover to the pandemic is this word. It's transition. Transition is that time period. It's the 40 years that from enslavement, from the Pharaoh to the promised land, it was that time period that the Egyptians, uh, or I'm sorry, the Israelites were walking in the wilderness. This transition was the change. It was the change that they had to walk through. It was the change that they had to go from, uh, even though they were enslaved, when you read in the Old Testament, although they were enslaved, they began complaining in the midst of this change. They began complaining in the midst of the transition. They began complaining that they would rather, at times, they would rather be enslaved and receive their meals and a roof over their head than be free and have to be out in the wilderness and walk through change. What it, what it was telling me was is that sometimes we get more enslaved to our comforts than we do to our circumstance. So in, in a very strange way, here we have the Israelites who were enslaved by the Egyptians, and they're saying we would rather be enslaved to our comforts. We would rather be comfortable and, and brought underneath the tyranny of a pharaoh and, and be beaten and be worked and, and have no freedom, social freedoms. We would rather have that, but have our comforts. You just, we would rather have the government take care of us than us to have the freedom to take care of ourselves. And change, oftentimes, and I will say most of the time, for most of us, change is probably the most difficult thing for most people. Uh, and, and if you, I, I would venture to say if you ask nine out of 10 people, they probably don't like change. Even people that say, I love change at a certain point, it's too much. We are, we are creatures of habit. Some of us, there's a spectrum of that, but some of us really um, love change. And some of us hate change completely, but we all need some stability. And what I want to ask tonight is, is are you aware of the transition that you're in? Here we are in the middle of a pandemic. Here we are in the middle 
of now Passover has started. We're in the middle of Holy Week. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Passover starts tonight. We're walking into Friday. It's Good Friday. It's the night that Jesus, historically, Jesus is going to die on the cross. And we're going to celebrate Sunday morning, his resurrection, that he overcame death. It's this, it, it, it's, it's, that was the coming, the personal um, tri uh, triumphant coming of a Savior as the last Passover lamb to overcome the enslavement that you and I have to sin. That, that God passed over and he did it by having a lamb that was slain so that the Egyptians could no longer hold power over uh, God's chosen people. And so these two pictures are one and the same. But it requires transition. It requires change. Jesus himself knew. He knew coming in, before he came in to Holy Week, he knew coming in, before he rode in on the donkey, he knew what was written in, in Scripture, in the Bible. He knew what he was going to have to endure. He knew that he was walking into a week of massive, significant transition for him personally. But he knew what he was walking into. So here's a couple things. And again, if you guys have questions, um, if this uh, makes you, if anything makes you like go, hey, hold on a second, you know, just throw your hand up and you can ask questions. Um, so here's the deal. Um, I believe that we're in a transition globally. This is what I feel like the Lord was speaking, uh, speaking to Shander and I about. I believe that we're in a transition globally. Uh, I believe that we're in the middle of a transition personally, like so you and your personal life, you're in transition. I believe that right now, uh, beyond globally and personally, I believe that we're in a transition spiritually. Uh, I believe that we're in a transition uh, in terms of economically. And I believe that we're in a transition in terms of leadership and the type of leadership uh, that you will begin to see that will rise to the surface, that will begin to lead us into our future tomorrows. So uh, we're in transition globally, personally, spiritually, economically. And I, I have to tell you, we're in transition as a church, not, not the Little C Church. Yes, we're in transition as the Movement Church in San Marcos, California, this little dot on a map. Yes, we're in transition. But we're also in transition as the global church. Uh, I, I, I tend to think, I feel like what God is doing is he's releasing the church, the big C church, the kingdom church. He's releasing the church out from underneath the bondage of doing things the way that we feel like they had to be done uh, for whatever ritualistic reason. And what he's doing is, is he's, 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 bringing back a dependence on Jesus and Jesus alone, empowered by the Holy Spirit under the authority of the Father. And I believe what he's doing is he's releasing the church to go and do what the original intent for the church was to do. And so I believe we're in a massive transition across all of those fronts. That's a lot of change in a lot of different areas of your life potentially. Every single one of those areas that I just mentioned, you may have a personal hand in. So you personally might, you know, well, not might. Every one of us is part of a global community. Your hand is in that. Whether or not you and I want to acknowledge our hand in the global community, 
We, we are part of the global community, and we have a hand in the global community. So we all have a hand in that. We all have a hand personally in our personal lives, in our homes, in our families, uh, in, in our close relationships. Spiritually, if you're a follower of Jesus or you're not a follower of Jesus, uh, what I'm telling you is that if you're a follower of any faith or you're a follower of no faith, that I think right now uh, there are so many questions surrounding our humanity and, and, and trying to ground and give us some solid foundation that whether we're a follower and a believer of Jesus or another faith or none at all, you are in a transition. I, I think this pertains to everybody. You may be uh, involved in church, then your hand is involved in that. So here's, here's some things that I would love for you to do. Number one, identify your transitions. Identify your transitions. So for me, if I, look at, if I look at the Israelites, they had to identify their transition. What transition were they in? They were enslaved underneath the tyranny of a pharaoh, and they wanted to come out from underneath uh, from that enslavement and be set free. That You have to identify what's the transition. They were transitioning from enslavement to freedom, from enslavement to freedom. And they knew that they were heading toward the promised land, that the freedom was the journey that they made from being enslaved and they were going to journey into the promised land. So you have to identify your transitions. Understand, like I just said, that it is completely possible for you and I to be involved in multiple transitions. Why is this important? This is important because sometimes right now, I think what's happening is, is that the anxiety level and the pressure and the tension and all the things get really, really high. And we feel like, gosh, this is really way up here. A lot of what we're feeling, I, I, I think uh, a lot of what we're feeling is we're feeling the tension of, of our lives being part of multiple areas and those areas being in transition. It's changing. The face of your workplace is changing. The face of your city is changing. The face of your church is changing. The face of your family is changing. How we interact with one another. How economically how things happen. Uh, so it is entirely possible and it's good for us to understand where we're connected so we have to identify our transitions that we're involved in, and it's entirely possible, understand it's entirely possible for you to be involved in multiple ones, okay? Number two, this is the question that I ask myself, is identify what is required from you during this time of transition, okay? So identify from you what is required in this time of transition. For instance, we're in transition as a family. I'll speak to my personal life. Let's say you're talking about your personal life. You've, you've identified there's, there's three areas that are in transition. And you're like, Pat, gosh, I could write down right now three areas that I can feel the tension. I know there's change. Change has happened. It's happening. And here are the areas in my life. What is required of you in each one of those columns? So in your personal life, for me, it might be, gosh, what's required of me is that during the day we're in transition, there's a lot going on. It's, I, the requirement for me is that I'm needed in different ways by my family in this time period because of the circumstances and the transition that we're in. From a church standpoint, 
what is required of me? What's required of me and what's required of us as a church is that we're broadcasting live multiple times a week, that we didn't do that before the way that we do it now. So there's, there's key things that are going to be required of you as you identify the different columns that you're involved in transition. The next thing is you have to identify what is required of you in each one of those transitions. This is going to help set some expectations for you and set some expectations for the people around you. Um, that way, when, when expectations aren't met, that is the definition of frustration. If you're feeling frustration right now in the midst of this pandemic, listen, the Israelites felt frustrated in their transition. They did. They felt frustrated. Uh, you know, they spent 40 years in transition between enslavement and the promised land. They didn't need to spend 40 years. That trip wasn't a 40-year trip. And, they were, and there was some frustration there. But there were some things that God required of them that he needed of them. And they needed to identify those things. And then it was helpful so they, could, they knew what the expectations. God was very clear. Here's the expectations. So you're going to be able to identify what the expectations are of you when you understand what's required of you. Okay, this is the key. When you identify what is required of you during this time of transition, here's the understanding. The understanding in this transition is that it's not forever, okay? Now, I want, I want us to get this. Understand that transition is not forever, but some of what comes out of transition may last past your transition point. Remember in Exodus, when God gave instructions to Moses and he said, this is what I want you to go and tell the people to do. I want them to slaughter a lamb. I want them to take hyssop. I want them to dip it in the blood, put it on the doorpost, right? And then he said, this is what he said, obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance. The, the Israelites stepped into transition when Passover began. When the Passover happened, they were, that, they were, that was their move into transition. I'm here to tell you tonight that, that tonight, I feel like spiritually, is the mark. We've been, we've been moving into transition, but tonight, I, I, I believe what God is saying prophetically is, is that sundown, Passover began, we have now entered into transition. And some of the things in transition, some of the things that are happening are going to last past the point of transition. In this case, God wanted uh, the, the Israelites to share with their children information. So what that means is, is that for you, understand that transition isn't forever. You're not going to have to be doing the things that you're doing maybe the way that you're doing them right now for the rest of your life. But there will be some things that will last past the point of transition. And what that does is, is that as I identify what is required of me during this transition, I begin, because if I have an understanding attached to this identification piece, I, I, I hope this is clear. If I have an understanding attached to this identification piece of what's required of me, I begin to walk with a set of eyes as I look at things and I begin to ask the question, God, Speak to me, speak to my wife, speak to the leadership of our church. What are the lasting things that you want us to take out of this transition that we will keep and be implemented for the remainder of a period of time? Okay, so this is that that's really important. Um, 
next, identify the changes taking place during this transition. And so this, this seems like it's very simple, but I think it's important for you to identify. Here are all the things that are changing. Here are all the things that I feel like are changing right now. Um, you may want to, I may have that out of order. You may want to identify those things. Here are all the things that are changing. Um, then you may want to identify, um, to be helpful, you may want to identify what, what those require of you. But it's important that you identify the changes taking place during transition. Um, and, and understand that change is the most difficult for most people. Um, we can't change change, but we can navigate it intentionally. Uh, we cannot change change but we can navigate it intentionally. And so I felt like the word that, I, that God had for us tonight and really for this season uh, is that we're in the midst of transition. Um, we, we're in the midst of a, of a significant shift, much like the significant shift that the Israelites went through when they left the enslavement of Egypt and moved into a land that God had promised. Um, I thought what Chandra said was extremely key. Uh, she said... Uh, I'm going to read this again. Think of the Israelites exiting Egypt, which was a big transition into 40 years of wandering in the desert. Whatever this time period is that we're um, maintaining social distancing and we're quarantined, whatever time this, this pandemic is happening, uh, we need to hold on to the miracles during this time. Uh, we hold on to the miracles during the time of Passover. And there's something to consider in this pandemic, she said. This is key. What are the miracles that God has already performed? Uh, that we are able to learn patience, to trust God more. We're developing more resilience and a deeper faith that this will pass. That I trust in the Lord that what he's given us is clear instruction to trust in him, to place our hope in him, that this will pass. And that right now what we're being asked to do is to be intentional in the midst of our transition. To be intentional we can't change change, family, but we can be intentional and we can navigate it intentionally. I think by uh, answering some of these, these identifiers and gaining some understanding, I think this will help with us to be able to navigate this intentionally. So um, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to, there's, there's a couple key things that uh, I felt like we should pray for. Um, and this, again, as Shandra and I talked tonight, um, this is, this is what came out of it. Um, number one, what I want us to be in prayer for as a, as a family, if you're listening right now, it doesn't matter what platform you're listening on. If you're listening, if you're watching, um, if you're watching later on, you know, on YouTube or on Facebook or something, um, here's what I want us to be in prayer for. Pray for protection. Like how God protected the Israelites as the angel of death passed over their homes. Pray for protection. Um, we, need to be, we need to be navigating this intentionally with our prayers. Pray for protection. Pray for healing miracles for the virus to die down. Um, Sunday, uh, uh, specifically Sunday at the 930 service, if you, if you didn't get a chance to listen to our 930 service, um, I would go back and I would listen to that 930 service. Um, I felt like there was a declaration in that 930 service that was different than our 8 o'clock and our 1115. And some of our staff members and some people around me confirmed that. 
And I really felt like during that service, God just gave me some real clarity and I began declaring some things. And one of the things that I began to declare was, is that like in the story of Jehoshaphat, that these three tribes, the super army, turned the Ammonites and the Moabites, um, these three tribes turned on themselves and began to battle themselves. And so when we begin, the, the story that I gave on Sunday was when we begin to praise, God is enthroned in the praises of his people. Okay, can I get an amen for that? If you're hearing me right now, God, the living God, who was able to bring the Israelites out of enslavement out of Egypt and put them in a land that was promised, who, who was able to send his son Jesus, that a living God is enthroned in the praises of his people as we rejoice, as, we cheer, as we're cheerful. Did you know that Passover, when, when the, the dinner that happens on Passover that starts tonight, if we, if, if we were celebrating as good uh, genealogical Jews, we would be celebrating with what's called a Seder dinner. That Seder dinner would be, there's a celebration. They would read the Psalms, Hallel. It's, it's the same word as Halal, which means to praise. They would be reading Psalms of thanksgiving. They would be reading Psalms of rejoice. What would they be doing? They would be commemorating the joy that they have. They would be rejoicing. They would be taking the joy that they had and rejoying it. They'd be rejoicing in what God had done for them. And they would be beginning that tonight. They would be beginning, they, they would be starting that at the Seder dinner right now at sundown uh, on, on Wednesday, April 8th, 2020 is when Passover starts. And so God is enthroned in the praises of his people is what we talked about on Sunday. And what I began to say is, as God is enthroned in the praises of his people, that he begins, because, he, because his response to that is he works in miraculous ways on his, on his people's behalf. And so I began to just pray on Sunday, and I began to just pray that the virus would turn on itself. I began to pray this crazy prayer. What if I, and I said, I think I said, what if I'm that crazy pastor that's going to say, God, I'm going to ask right now that as we begin to praise you, as we begin to release from our voice that only your voice has, has the, the literal thumbprint, the DNA, your vocal cords, you, you make a sound that is unlike anyone else. As you begin and as I begin just to release thanksgiving and praise, as we begin to just say, thank you, God, for the things that you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. Could I just be that crazy pastor right now that asks for the God who is enthroned on the praises of his people to have this virus turn on itself. And so tonight what I ask is, is that we pray for protection, just like on the Passover, but we also pray for healing and miraculous healing. That we pray that the virus would begin and continue to turn on itself. That what we would have happen is, is that the authorities medically and from a health standpoint would be dumbfounded and not understand what is happening. But we begin to declare tonight because we know that God is enthroned in our thanksgiving. So we begin to thank God and declare and pray that this virus would turn on itself. So I would like us to pray for healing miracles, um, the miraculous, that like the, the, the ones that we just say without a shadow of a doubt, there is no explanation. It leaves me scratching my head. Miracles. The other thing that I want us to do is to pray for economic turnaround. Pray that the economy would be protected. Pray because I, I think there are so many people that are going to be uh, hurt and there's going to be damage from the pandemic. I want us to understand this. There's two pandemics going on. 
there's a viral pandemic and there's an economic pandemic. And the virus has hit globally and this economic pandemic has hit globally as well. And what I want us to pray for, what I want us to be, to be intentional about navigating is saying, God, you go before us, you go with us, and you go behind us, that you give us rest on all sides. And what I'm asking for right now in the name of Jesus, the same name that we're celebrating that you came over 2,000 years ago and you did what no one could do, you still have the power to do today. And so what we begin to pray is, God, that you would make your hand known in the economy, not just in the economy of my personal life, but in the economy of what's going on in our cities, in our states, in our nation, and in the entire world, that God, you can write, the prayer is God, that you can write what's going on in this transition, that what needs to be removed in transition, here's the key, God, that you remove, that you adjust, that you align whatever needs to be aligned and adjusted. Uh, This is really key. Whenever I go through transition, whenever I'm in a transition of something, what I know is that God is adding things Pat, I need this added in this transition. I need this added because this is something I knew, there's something new for you that I need you to be able to carry forward. But I'm also needing to remove some things from your hands. I need, I need, to, I need to free you up. I need you to not hold on to these things any longer. So God is saying today for you, wherever you're listening from, God is saying you're in transition and, and I'm going to take some things in transition, but I'm going to give you some things in transition. And as he takes those things, that we would have arms and hearts and hands that are open, that we say, God, let your will be done. Let your will be done. As the prayer says that Jesus gave us, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That God, that whatever it is that you need to remove from my midst in order for this to manifest, the thing that you have in your mind and heart, and I want to be aligned to that. And that's what I'm saying tonight. Jesus, I want us to be aligned to what you want to do tonight as a family. So God, we're praying right now for economic turnaround. We're praying globally. We're praying nationally. We're praying from a state standpoint, from a city, and from a home standpoint. That every single thing that we touch, that every single thing, what we're saying is, God, whatever it is you need to do, and I'm open-handed, you take what you need to take, and you give what you need to give. Man, you honestly, right now, like give me some like praise hands or something online. Let me know that you're like, if you're with me, throw some like hearts up or something. I need to know that you guys are with me here tonight. I feel, I feel like, yeah, thank you. I got one amen. There's three of us in the room right now. So I got, I got an amen in the room. I need you guys to help me out because I, I'm not, I'm not hearing from you guys. So I feel like I'm like preaching the house down right now. I feel like what I'm sharing with you is I'm sharing with you the heart of a father that wants us to be equipped and ready, that wants us to be able to walk through this with confidence and with clarity as I've been talking about on Sundays. And so what I'm saying to you is, is we begin to pray for protection. We begin to pray for healing miracles. We pray for the economy that we would also pray for our leadership. Can you imagine Moses and Aaron at the time? that we need to pray for the leadership of what's going on. Now, one of the things that I said that I believe God's doing is God is bringing new leaders 
into our midst. He's bringing a new type of leader into our midst. See, uh, the nation of Israel was led at the time underneath. They were, they were uh, servants to a Pharaoh, and they no longer were a servant to a Pharaoh, that God brought Moses. God, God brought a new kind of leader. And you know, this leader, Moses, didn't look like all the other leaders. In fact, in Scripture, it says that Moses went to God and said, God, I, I don't really talk that, that great. I'm not so good at speech. In fact, I stutter and I stammer, and I don't think I'm the leader that you need. And God said, no, you're the leader that I need, and I'm going to supply for you all the things that you need in order for you to fulfill what it is that I'm going to instruct you to do. And so what God is doing is he's raising new leaders up. And some of you right now that are listening, God has placed a mantle and an anointing of leadership on your life. And God, tonight, what I'm praying for you, if you're hearing this and this resonates in your spirit, what I'm praying for you is I'm praying that you don't let the things that you see in the natural about yourself stop you from stepping into leadership. I'm praying right now that the authority of Jesus would go before you and that you would rely on the goodness of the Father that gave you that anointing and at the same time that you would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you that some of you are you're carrying an anointing as leaders. Now, I want us to understand this. Every single one of us are influencers. And that's all a leader is. It's an influencer. And every single one of us, saved by Jesus, we are influencers where we bring hope to the hopeless, we bring light into darkness. It's that simple. We go out and we introduce people to a living God and to a Jesus that changed our life. And, and what's happening right now, I believe, is that there's a shift in leadership. There's a shift from celebrity-style leadership that God wants to bring in, and he wants to see a resurgence in all of us in our homes being the priests and the pastors and the leaders in our homes. That means mothers and fathers stepping back in and becoming the youth pastors and the children's pastors of their home. And it's a unique time and a unique situation. God said that he wanted the Israelites to commemorate what he had done and that the Israelites had to teach this generation to generation. Did you know they didn't send their kids to church? They didn't send their kids to a youth pastor. I'm speaking to the families right now who are watching and listening and telling you that God has ordained you, he's appointed you, and he's anointed you. He's equipped you and he's called you to be the pastor and the priest of your home. And you are the leader in your community even if you don't think that you can be, God is calling new leaders to the plate. We no longer are going to be underneath the same rule of leadership that we've seen before. And I believe that God wants us to pray for leaders. He wants us to pray for these new leaders that are going to get thrust into the, into the light, into places of prominence. Ordinary, average people. People like you and like me. In fact, some of you listening, it might be you. But what I know is, is that God wants to establish himself in the framework of what it is that we call community, in society, into politics, into governing bodies, into medicine, into education, into film, art, creativity. And you are called to be a leader. And so we're going to pray for the leaders who are leading the way, who are influencing the way. And things have changed. 
Things are not the way that they used to be. And this significant shift that we're going through right now, God is saying, I I really feel like God is saying that this shift is shaking the ground the same way that that an earthquake fault. That when an earthquake fault shifts, it never goes back to being the same. Some of the things might look similar on the surface. You might see the buildings, but there is a significant shift underneath. And God is, is doing a foundational shift underneath what's happening. And so um, those are the four prayers. Pray for protection, pray for healing miracles, pray for our economy, and pray for the leadership that is currently in place, and pray for the leaders that are arising and that we're seeing that are emerging. There's a new emergent leader that's coming to the surface. And so um, those are my prayers that I'm giving to you. Those are the things that I'm asking that we would be in prayer as a family about as we move into this Friday, as we move into Resurrection Sunday. Um, I feel like I just preached the house down, but uh, I see you guys are with me. You guys are throwing, throwing signs at me all over online, so that's good. I'm glad you guys hung in there with me. Hey, listen, if there are any questions, I would love to uh, get to those. If there's not, um, I am going, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I am going to jump off of this and let you guys go uh, for the night. So let me do this. Uh, I'm going to pray really quickly. And, uh, and I'm going to ask for these things uh, that I just shared with you guys to manifest themselves in your lives personally. Lord, tonight, God, I ask that your word um, would not only go forward as seed, but it would, it would germinate, that it would reach into the depths. It would get into our hearts and it would begin to germinate. It would, it would be made alive. But God, when a seed is, is, is planted, that there's a dying that takes place, that that seed has to die and this thing sprouts up from underneath and inside. And so what I ask is, God, that we don't hold on to the things the God that you need to strip away to see these new shoots in this transition that we're in, these new shoots coming forward. I just get this picture of all of these new, um, these new green little shoots coming out um, of cracked uh, concrete, almost like, um, gosh, like a giant, like as far as the eye can see, asphalt, almost like a parking lot. And there's all these cracks in the asphalt and there's all these little green shoots coming up. And I feel like, I feel like that's a picture of, of what it is that you, you have us in. You have us in this transition that, that, that it, what seems like impossible or tough or strenuous circumstances, whether it be a pandemic, the Israelites coming out of, of slavery, God, you are bigger than all of those things. And you are, you are alive and well in the midst of our transition. That you're alive and well in the midst of all the areas of our lives that are being changed. And God, there's a greater change that I believe that you want to do on our hearts if we are ready and we're open. And so what I pray for and I ask for tonight is a readiness and an openness as we tonight begin, even if it's just the knowledge for the first time, you never knew this, but tonight begins the Passover that we would walk through the next seven days, and this would be our prayer every single morning, every single night. We would say, God, I'm ready and I'm willing to be changed. 
I understand that we're in, we're in a significant shift and change that quite honestly, family, I don't know that we'll ever see something as significant again in the generation that we're living in. In my lifetime, I don't know that I'll ever see as significant of a change. I firmly believe that. And I'm saying to you tonight, God, I am ready and I'm willing to be changed in the midst of transition, whatever it is that needs to be changed, whatever needs to be stripped away for me to become one of those little green shoots that if collectively, as a family, if all of us would be in this place of being ready and we begin to sprout up what was once hard, paved over, asphalt, cracks, begins to be overcome with new life. With new life and new growth. And Lord, I, that's what I'm praying for. So Lord, we lift up to you the protection of our homes. We lift up um, just the healing. I want miraculous healings. Lord, we pray for um, states and cities like New York that are getting hit much harder. We ask right now in the name of Jesus for your healing hand right now. Elmhurst Hospital, like the, the, one of the hardest hits hosp hit hospitals, I think the hardest hit hospital in the country right now. I pray for just a wave of your presence and your Holy Spirit right now, like a rushing wind right now, right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for healing. God, I pray for a turnaround. I pray for healing right now. Healing right now in any area that there's hot spots of this pandemic that are taking place globally in our nation, in our cities, in our states. God, that your hand would be in our economy, that it would change and rule. God, that your hand would change and rule in our economy. God, you're not distant from our finances. You are not distant from our provision. In fact, you are our provision. And God, we pray for the leaders. We pray for our current leaders. And we pray for the leaders that are emerging. God, I pray for confidence and courage for our current leaders and confident courage for our emerging leaders. Let us, Lord, let us, the people that are listening right now in our homes, let us be the most significant change. Let us be the most significant leadership uh, examples that communities can see. Let us be an example of leadership. And God, we pray for those leaders. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said amen, amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining me tonight. It was awesome. Um, man, here's the deal. I really hope, I really, really hope um, what I feel like just was a word from the Lord translated well. I hope you understood it. If there's any questions, if you guys have comments or anything like that, feel free and reach out. You can always email me, pat at themovement.org. Uh, you can always follow me um, on Instagram. I probably do a lot of communicating on Instagram, especially now, um, at Pat Lynch Vox. So it's just at Pat Lynch V-O-X, Pat Lynch Vox. Um, follow me there. Um, you can always email me or hit me up on Instagram. I would love to communicate with you if you have questions or anything from tonight. If you feel like what we talked about tonight was resonating with you, if you have something to add or something to share, um, feel free and, and reach out. Until uh, we are together again, I pray that God uh, is the God of your home and your heart 
until we're shoulder to shoulder and face to face. We look forward to seeing you guys. Join us Friday at 7 p.m. and on Easter morning at our three services, 8, 9, 30, 11, 15. We'll see you guys Friday night at 7 p.m.